I'm glad I came to church this morning, right? Already been blessed. The Lord's been good to us, and it's just been an exciting time to serve the Lord. We got the sun shining today. No complaints, right? That was mighty weak. <laughs> I'm praying that whatever complaints you've got, you get over them before the service is over, right? Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, please. Colossians chapter 2. I do appreciate all of you being here uh, this morning. I, I want to remind you. Uh, two things. Number one, if you are a guest with us this morning, this is your first time to be here, or the first time in a long time, uh, we would like to get you to stop by our Welcome Center before you leave, please. We have a gift that we want to give to you, and we'd like to get a record of your visit. So if you'd be so kind uh, as to do that for us, we would greatly appreciate it, and we're delighted to have you with us this morning. And the second thing, and I was told to remind you of this, and I better do it now or I'll forget, uh, Brother Troy has said he needs to have a meeting with the men that are thinking about maybe going to the men's retreat at the end of next month, the end of February, uh, to meet with him briefly after the morning service is over with right up here at the front. So if you're interested in that, we go over to Southland Camp in, uh, in Ringgold, Louisiana. And if you don't know where that is, I can't help you because it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but it's a great camp and a good place to go and fellowship, and we have a great time. So if you can meet with us uh, after the service this evening or this morning, uh, then we would appreciate it. Well, this has been a busy week. We, we've, we've seen a lot of things going on this week. Uh, we do want to continue to pray for the Pratt family. We had a, had a glorious service, if I may say so, on Friday evening for Brother Carl Dooley, who has gone to his reward. He's there in heaven now. Uh, rejoicing. I started to say he's looking down at us, but I think he's otherwise occupied, don't you? Uh, he's probably gazing into the eyes of our Savior right now. We're going to miss him around here, but I appreciate all of those that were able to come out and support the Pratt family for that. And then last night, uh, we were over at Pacer, our Hispanic church in Pasadena. They're celebrating their eighth anniversary as an organized church uh, this weekend. And had the opportunity to go and preach for them at Pack House uh, last night on Saturday night now. Imagine getting people out to church on a Saturday night and having the house full. But we had a great time and always enjoy going to the Hispanic church because they have some of the best food in the world, right? <laughs> so anyway, be that as it may, I'm delighted to be here with you folks this morning and feast on the, on the manna, the Word of God. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to read a very brief section this morning. I'm going to invite you, if you would please, to stand with me in reverence to the Word of God as we read Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 16. And we're just going to read down to about verse 19. The Bible says this, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward and of voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Verse 19 says, And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us here to your house this morning. I, I thank you for the faithfulness of your people that are willing to take time out from a busy schedule and dedicate a part of their weekends to, to you. And Lord, I pray that we would make this truly the Lord's day that we would worship you and serve you throughout the course of the day and that you, in turn, Lord, would renew our batteries, recharge our souls uh, as we're here gathered in your name this morning. Uh, we know that we've come together to feast on the riches of your word and to prepare ourselves for the, for the battle 
that is outside those doors. And Lord, I pray that you would make us more effective uh, as your body here in this area. I pray that we may be used of you to reach the lost that live around us and indeed around the world. Uh, Lord, that we would do that in a way that is pleasing to yourself and uh, that would bring glory, honor to your name. Uh, Lord, as your vessel today, I want to ask you, as always, that you would forgive me of sin, that you would fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't want to stand here today and just do my own thing. I want to be used of you. I want to know that, that your message is going forth, and it's going forth without disturbance or without hindrance. And so I pray that you would remove all sin and all those distractions from my mind, from my heart, and that you would use me for your glory. But I also want to pray the same for those that hear. It's so easy to get sidetracked and distracted by the other things that are going on and even for our plans for later on this morning or this afternoon. And I I pray that we'll be able to lay aside those things, that we'll be able to focus our attention on you for these few moments. And, and Lord, that you would be glorified in us and that you would have your will and way in everyone and that we would respond in obedience to your leadership. And I especially want to pray that if there's anybody here that doesn't yet know you as Savior, that they would trust you before they leave this place. Glorify yourself, Heavenly Father, in us, your servants, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, folks. You can be seated. A couple of weeks ago, we uh, began once again. The, the, the series that we're doing right now is, is one of those that we kind of repeat occasionally. Uh, every year or so, we like to go back over some of the basic responsibilities of, of what the church is all about. Sometimes I think we get sidetracked by uh, doing what we do. We have a tendency to come and to go through the motions and uh, just kind of do our, our normal routine. Uh, I love, by the way, the, the variation on the routine this morning. Thank you, Amanda, for that poem. That was a blessing, and uh, I'm looking forward to more of that. But sometimes it's good to just kind of uh, stir things up a little bit so we don't get so settled into our ways and say, well, we've done our duty, we've gone through the ceremonies, we've, we've said our, you know, so many prayers and so many songs and so many whatever, and now we can go home and go on about the rest of our week as if nothing had happened. Obviously, that's not what the church service is all about. Amen? I mean, we're here for much more than that. I, I believe with all of my heart that when two or three are gathered together in his name, there is he in the midst of them, according to his promise. We've come together this morning uh, to worship our Lord, yes, but we've also come together to encourage one another, to exhort one another, and to receive the, the strength, the admonition that we get only from his word and uh, the, uh, the strength that we gain from one another. As we're, as we're challenged from his word and as we, as we look around us and try to lift up the hands that hang down and strengthen the feeble knees. So what I'm trying to say is that uh, church is a lot, about a whole lot more than just coming and, and having uh, a couple of hours of entertainment or distraction, whichever the case may be. Uh, some of you may be bored for a couple of hours, I don't know, but you understand that that's not what we're here for. We are here to meet with the true and living God. We are here to be his body in this area. And there are certain things that God has given to us to understand. And so the question that we began to ask a couple of weeks ago was, what's a church to do? What are we supposed to be about? Uh, A couple of weeks ago, we brought you the first message in the series about be the body. And then lo lo and behold, last week, we had our missionary in, Brother Jaron Rogers, Jaron, and Nikki were are with us. By the way, they're going to be here this evening, and Nikki's going to be singing a mini concert for us tonight. So you want to come and be a part of that? If you haven't heard Nikki sing, you've missed a blessing. Uh, they're going to be here tonight. Uh, but uh, just kind of so happened by uh, divine coincidence that Jaron preached a message that was right in line with what we were already talking about. 
And he talked about using the gifts that God has given you and serving him uh, through his body. So uh, the point is that these things are led of God, and, and, and we want to continue going on with that uh, this uh, this week. Today I want to look at a passage that's always been, and here's, this, is, this is honesty time, okay? I know a lot of you think that preachers just automatically understand everything about the Bible. You read along, and, and automatically all the lights are shining, and everything's clear as it can be. Uh, let me, let me re, uh, just put your mind at ease. That's certainly not the case. And this particular passage, quite honestly, that we've read this morning is one of those that's always been just a little bit of a puzzle to me. Uh, especially verse number 19, which is where we're going to address most of our attention this morning. It says, "...and not holding the head..." from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Most of us, when we think of the body, tend to think of the externally visible parts. And even when we preach the message about being the body of of Jesus Christ, we talk about being the hands and the arms or the the feet and the legs, the head and the face, and all those parts of, of, of the human body that we normally think of when we see an individual. Very seldom are most of us aware, even aware of the hidden parts of the body, like the skeletal structure and the cardiovascular system and really all of the internal organs. Thankfully, we don't see that when we look at one another, right? Uh, that would be kind of a, a, a shocking experience, and we thank God that we don't live. I thank God that we're all held together by the skin that's around us and all of that, and that's kind of a side point. But you work in the medical field are particularly aware of those hidden internal parts uh, since it's what most, of, most often tends to break down, uh, and it, it causes people to be seen by uh, the, the people that you work around and, and by yourselves. So today's message is going to deal with some of those internal organs. Now, don't lest you be grossed out, I'm not going to get you know I'm not going to get repulsive in the message this morning. But I do want to draw your attention to what he said there in verse number 19, especially the middle part of the verse: the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered. There's a parallel passage that goes along with this, and it's found over in the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians and verse number 16, where he says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. Particularly the parts that are mentioned here in this passage, the joints and the bands, that would be the ligaments, uh, the connecting tissues of the body are seldom really thought about as we're talking about the, uh, the, the principles of being the body of Christ and putting uh, into practice that analogy. I wonder how many of us, when thinking of our function within the body of Christ, actually think of ourselves as a joint or a band. I mean, honestly, most of us are willing to be an arm or a hand, but a knuckle or an elbow Maybe not so much, right? I mean, if I were to ask for a show of hands, how many of you want to be a knuckle? You know, <laughs> most folks are not going to volunteer for that position, right? How many of you want to be a knee or the, the meniscus? I don't even know what that is, but I read it someplace one time, and I like the word. So, you know, <laughs> most of us, most of us would, not, would not volunteer uh, for those particular positions, uh, the parallel passage that we've read is also talking about the same thing. Both of these passages refer to the internal structure of the body of Christ, which is the local New Testament church. If any of us ever think of ourselves along those lines of thought, it would probably be something along the lines of, 
well, I'm nothing but a ligament. Right? So that's, by the, by the way, that's what I've chosen to call the message this morning. Nothing but a ligament. Just nothing but a ligament. So it's my prayer, by the way, that by, before we're done this morning, we'll at least be willing to drop the nothing but from our thinking. Beyond that, I pray that we can come to realize the full importance of the great call of God for us to be the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's get started this morning looking, first of all, into our passage, and I'm going to try to stick as close here as I can. Obviously, those of you that know me well know we're going to be jumping around some in the Bible because we like to see how the Bible uh, ties together and how it fits together uh, and teaches us the things that we need to know. But I want to talk to you first about the importance of the head. Actually, this is a reminder. Most of you are well aware of the fact that Jesus Christ is the head of the body, the church. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, the Bible says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And that's the lead-in to principle 2 verse 16 that we just read a moment ago, from whom all the body fitly joined together and compacted by that whichever joint supplieth. And so the importance there is emphasized, if you will, the, the focus is put on the one who is the head, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go over to the book of John in chapter 15, now by the way, a shameless advertisement here, we're going through the book of John on Sunday nights, we're having a great time doing it, we're not getting through it fast, uh, but we're learning a lot of things, and we're actually on John chapter 14, so I'm looking forward to getting John 15, uh, and actually chapter 17, that's one of my favorites, uh, but we're talking about all the things that God teaches us there, and in John chapter 15 and verse 5, Jesus says this, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. So we need to remember any time we approach this kind of a study or this kind of a concept uh, in our study of the Word of God or in our application of the Word of God, we have to always remember that the focus goes back to the one whom we serve, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is now and always will be the head of his body. And by the way, if that ever gets out of kilter, if the focus ever becomes about us, if the focus ever becomes about someone else, then the church is in trouble. But the, Jesus is the, the head of the body. The context of our passage gives us the importance of the focus being on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 6, and I do apologize for the way this is appearing uh, on your screen there this morning. It doesn't always look on my computer like it looks on the wall, but there you go. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And then he says in verse 8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 18, the Bible says, He is the head of the body, the church, who is the, first, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in him, that in all things, he might have the preeminence. So when we talk about being uh, the body of Christ, verse 9 of Colossians chapter 2, the Bible says that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We understand when we're talking about this that Jesus Christ, since he is the head, he's to be the one who gets all the attention, right? He is the one who is to have the preeminence in his body. It's all supposed to be about him and not about us. 
We have to recognize the position of Jesus Christ. Can I just say this for a moment? Most of the problems in most of the churches today would, we, would be avoided if we would just remember who it's all about. Somehow or other, we've adopted the idea that coming to the church is about me. I come for what I can get out of it. Now, by the way, I think you should get something out of coming to church. But I've also told you uh, many times that often you get out of it what you bring into it. If you come to the Lord's house expecting someone to, to, to spoon feed you, well, you may get a tidbit or two. But if you come expecting to contribute uh, to the worship and the service of the Lord and you come with the proper attitude and having prayed before you come and all those kinds of things, then you're going to get a whole lot more out of it. But the point is that we're uh, ultimately, when we come to the church, it's not necessarily primarily about what I'm going to get or what you're going to get. It's about exalting the name of our Savior. It's about glorifying the head, right? It's about focusing our attention on him. When we recognize the proper position of Jesus Christ, I want to remind you that this is what gives the body identity. Who are we? When the Bible says that we are the body of Jesus Christ, I remind you that the physical body of Christ, and you know this well, but the physical body of Christ, that which walked here on the earth and and communicated, interacted with the people of his day, and uh, taught his disciples and his apostles, that physical representation of God in human form, in the flesh, uh, the Bible tells us that he went to the cross of Calvary and he died on that cross, not for his crimes, but for ours. By the way, he had to be fully human to do that. You understand that. I also want you to understand that God never died. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died in our stead. But God has always been, he is the eternal life-giving one. He is the life. And so uh, that part of Jesus Christ, the God part, and again, we talk about this all the time, but you need to understand it's impossible to differentiate between that part of Christ which is divine and that part of Christ which is human. Jesus is both 100% God and 100% man. But being 100% man, he died as a man, not for crimes that he had committed, but for the crimes, my crimes and yours, right? You understand that? Some of you are looking at me like you've never heard this before. I know you have, right? Jesus died in our place. He died for us on the cross. He was buried. His physical body was put in the grave where it lay for three days and three nights. Then the Bible says that he burst the bars of death. He came forth from the tomb. He was victorious over death and hell and sin and all those things. The final enemy that shall be defeated, we saw on Friday night, is death. We're waiting for the ultimate consummation of that. But I want to tell you that death was defeated when Jesus burst the bars of death, when Jesus came forth from the grave. His physical body remained on the earth for another uh, 40 days or so, and then that physical body ascended up into the presence of the Father, and the Bible says that there he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He's seated on the right hand of the throne of God on high. So if I were to ask you, where is the physical body of Jesus, that human body that lived while he was here on this earth, where is it now? The answer is that it's at the right hand of the Father on high. It's in heaven, okay? That's where Jesus' body is. But I want to remind you that he left a body, and we are it. The physical representation of Jesus Christ is his body, the local New Testament church. Now, by the way, let me remind you as well that we may be all of Jesus that the world will ever see. And if people were to look at us and say, that's what Jesus is like, I wonder how accurate they would be. 
Because our responsibility to be as the body of Jesus Christ is to represent him well and accurately to the world around us. And so the, uh, the, the, fa- the fact that I'm trying to get around to is the fact that the head gives the body identity. In other words, uh, as, as unpleasant as it may be, the analogy being borne out here, I am, unfortunately, as far as the world can, is concerned, this ugly mug. Right? Somebody say something. I'm scared. You, you understand what we're talking about, right? Uh, this is when people say, so I, in fact, if I show you a picture, and I do this oftentimes with people when we're talking about baptism, I've got a, a picture of my wife in the, in the office. I, I'm giving myself away, so if you're ever going through this interview with me, you know the answers, okay? I've got a picture of my, of my wife on my desk. It's got her face there uh, when she was much younger, when we were both much younger. Uh, but I always ask, I'll tell people ahead of time, I'm going to ask you a trick question. Then I show them the picture, and I say, who is this? Invariably, the answer is, well, that's your wife. To which I answer, no, it's not. It's just a picture of my wife. My wife is out there doing what she does, right, serving the Lord and and the rest of the church. And so the point is that the picture is the visible representation of that person, but it's not fully that person, okay? Uh, We today are... The, the body of Jesus Christ, when people see the picture, they identify with him. And they understand that we're supposed to be representing him. I also want to remind you that the body, or excuse me, the head gives the body its direction and its purpose. It tells us what we're supposed to be about and how we're supposed to fulfill that purpose to which we're called. And that head protects us from internal strife and competition. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. But the fact of the matter is, and this is what I'm trying to get you to understand before we move on, this is his church. It's all about him. It is not about us. He is the one who has every right to expect to receive the honor and the glory and the praise for everything that goes on in this his body. But having said that, then the Bible goes on and it talks to us about the function of the parts. I'm glad, for one, that all of us are not the same part. That would be a mighty funny-looking body, wouldn't it? And the Bible talks about that. Uh, Somebody, if everybody was exactly the same thing, how about a body that's all thumbs? I've heard of being all thumbs, but really to see that happen, that would be scary, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be be the the source of some kind of monster movie or whatever. but we understand that it's not uh, God didn't design us all to be the same thing. And I want to draw you back to our to our text this morning. Colossians chapter two verse nineteen says this. Colossians two verse nineteen, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Since we're talking about being nothing but a ligament this morning, Let me just bring this down to that level, if I may. What is the responsibility of these internal unseen structures? What are the purpose for the joints and the bands, the cardiovascular system, all of that internal structure of the the organism? Well, uh, we could get very complicated with that, but let's keep it as simple as the Bible does. The Bible tells us here that one of the primary responsibilities of the joints and bands, those internal structures, is to minister nourishment. 
that we are having nourishment ministered by, by that which every joint supplieth. In fact, the wording that's used there in Colossians chapter 2.19 uh, is what I just said. Over in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, the wording that it uses is that which every joint supplieth. Now, I know, and we're not going to get, by the way, this is not meant to be a medical textbook, and so the purpose is not to teach you about human anatomy. The, teach, the purpose is to teach you about the function, uh, our function within the body of Christ. And he tells us that one of those functions is to supply or minister the nourishment one to another. I know you thought that was the preacher's job, right? But it really isn't. The Bible tells us that that is all of our, and by the way, I find this significant. It doesn't make any difference whether you're the mouth or a joint or a ligament. All of it ministers nourishment one to the other. Did you catch that? Kind of a fascinating concept. Nourishment, you know, is essential to the function of the body. If you don't eat tacos, you can't go very far, right? Well, maybe not tacos necessarily. We understand what we're talking about. Uh, you can go on a diet for a little while. Uh, you know, I occasionally, somebody said I fast twice during the week from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., right? And that's my fast uh, during the week. That is from breakfast to lunch, in case you didn't catch it. Uh, but uh, the point is that we can go a certain amount of time without nourishment, but eventually the lack of nourishment causes the body to break down and to go on and die. The Lord is the one who nourishes his body, the church. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 29, the Bible says, For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it. This, of course, in Ephesians chapter 5 is talking about two things. It's talking about the relationship between a husband and his wife in the home, but it's also using that as an illustration or, 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 or illustrating that relationship by his relationship to the church. And he says that one of the things that Christ does, even as the Lord of the church, it's the last phrase of the, of the verse, one of the things that he does is nourishes and cherishes the church. God, or Jesus Christ, and the admonition here is, you husbands do the same thing for your wives. Nourish them and cherish them. But the nourishment originates in our context here from the head. In fact, if you go back to Ephesians chapter 4, flip over there with me if you're uh, in your Bible. Keep kind of, you might want to keep a thumb in Ephesians 4 and Colossians chapter 2. But in Ephesians chapter 4, he says this in verse 15, uh, Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, and then notice without break from which or from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Uh, maketh increase of the body under the edification of itself in love. So the point is that from the head comes all of these things, including the nourishment that originates there. Our nourishment, as you well know, comes from the Word of God. We won't belabor this point for a long time, but I do want to remind you, since we do emphasize the preaching of the Word, First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, as newborn babes desire, what? The sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, I fed you with milk and not with meat. What's he talking about? He's talking about the simple things of the Word of God as opposed to the deeper things of the Word of God. He said, I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. And then in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, the Bible says this, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, he says, for when the time... Uh, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. 
But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The point is, over and over again in the Word of God, that we have both the sincere milk and the strong meat of the Word of God that is our nourishment, that is our food supply. And so our attention should be on getting as, as the parts. If, going back to our analogy, if I'm nothing but a ligament, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be doing my part to making sure that that word, that nourishment, gets out to all of the parts. When all the parts do is what they're supposed to do, according to the Scriptures, the whole body receives its measure of nourishment. But when things start breaking down, when parts of the body are missing, I'm going to stop preaching and start meddling here for just a moment, okay? When parts of the body are missing, two things happen. Number one, that part of the body cannot receive the nourishment that it needs. So when you're missing, uh, you, you don't receive the nourishment that God has prepared for you that day. I believe with all of my heart that every message that God gives, he gives it for every individual that's brought to the house of the Lord that day. And for many that are not. Now, they're brought, they just don't come, right? <laughs> Uh, but the point is that when, uh, we, we don't receive the nourishment by, that we need. And, and by the way, consequently, uh, these individuals will often try to fill the void with something else, which ultimately causes division, often false doctrine. Somebody say, well, I'm not going to go to church, but I'm going to listen to somebody on the radio. And then you end up listening to all kinds of stuff on the radio. Remind you again that not everything that's on Christian radio is really Christian. Okay, not everything that's preached uh, out there is truth. You need to always compare truth with the Word of God. But the point is that the body is hurt because uh, that person's missing. So you can't receive the nourishment that you need. And secondly, you can't pass on the nourishment and the strength that goes with it to the rest of the body. And so other parts of the body hurt because we're not where we're supposed to be. We're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Does that make sense to you at all? Or is it just kind of confusing, right? I think it's pretty plain. Well, what is the job? It's to minister that nourishment. But then the second responsibility that he talks about here uh, in this particular passage, if I can find it, is uh, to knit the body together. Uh, the Bible tells us there that we have the responsibility of, in fact, going back to Colossians chapter 3, verse 19, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together. Go back, going back over to the book of Ephesians once again, Ephesians chapter 4 in verse uh, uh, 15, verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Now, there are a lot of things, a lot of concepts here, folks, uh, to grasp, but I want you to understand this. The Bible tells us that the purpose for those internal parts or pieces of the body is to hold the whole body together. Now, this is going to be a surprise to most of you. The wording that's used here in the book of Colossians is knit together. The wording that's used in the book of Ephesians is joined together and compacted. So it kind of holds it all together so it's not flopping around. You know what would happen if we didn't have ligaments in our joints? They'd just go every which way, right? So they tell me, by the way, I've experienced some of that. Many, many years ago, I had a, a knee hyperextended through an accident that took place. I never got it taken care of like I should have. And still to this day, every once in a while, that knee flops around backwards like it's not supposed to. And that kind of hurts, you know. Uh, the point is, uh, when you don't have the ligaments in the place where they're supposed to be, there's no telling which way your joints are going to turn or your body's going to go. 
Uh, but the point is that we're knit together, we're joined together, we're compacted. Compacted comes from a word which means to cause, to coalesce, to unite, or knit together. It gives us the idea of coming to the same opinion or having the same mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 16 says this, Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. And again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The idea is that God's, according to God's design and plan, the body is to be knit together. We are to be unified around a common mind and a common purpose. Can somebody please say amen? <laughs> okay, I'm fishing here. But it's important for us to understand we are supposed to be unified in the purpose of Christ. John chapter 17, verse 21, that all may be one. This is the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. And his prayer is that all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world, that the world may believe that thou hast uh, sent us or sent me and then in romans chapter 12 verses 4 and 5 the bible says for as we being many or have many members in one body all members have not the same office so we being many are one body in christ and every one members one of another so the idea is there is a unity that's produced within the body of christ but here's the surprise okay this is god's design this is god's plan but knitting the body together is accomplished are you ready not by the preacher. I, I'm supposed to do my part. But you know what causes the unity? Every part. He says knitting together, it's accomplished by every part. It's the duty of every part, not just the preacher's job, or even primarily the preacher's job, to make sure that there's unity and oneness and one purpose and one mind within his body. It's accomplished when every part does what they're supposed to do. When you fulfill the purpose for which God puts you here, then there is unity that is created. You know when we, when we begin to scatter? You know when we begin to have schisms and divisions in the body? When we're all doing our own thing. And we forget our purpose and we're going our own directions. Now, sometimes that's caused by a few and sometimes that's caused by many. Uh, but the point is that when we are doing what we're supposed to be doing and everybody's working together and we're all seeking to exalt the head, Jesus Christ, then those things don't come about. I want to talk to you for just a moment about the way the parts complement one another. I'm going to try to hurry through this. Uh, but God decides both the body to which you belong and the function that you're designed to fill. Those of you that have been here for very long know that I don't believe that any Christian has the ministry of sitting and watching. Right? Uh, uh, some of us might think that we do, that that's our calling. But God tells us that every one of us has a ministry. Is that right? We have something that we ought to do. I love the fact that some of you are beginning to seek out what those ministries and callings are, the gifts that God has given to you. But God is the one who decides. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, the Bible says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. God is the one who puts you here. God is the one who gives you the function that you are to fulfill here. There are no insignificant parts. Any of you that have ever had any kind of surgery on your human body know that to be the case, right? They talk about minor surgery, and I just laugh, right? 
Yeah, they're, they're no such thing. It's all, listen, you know what a minor surgery is? Something somebody's doing to somebody else. <laughs> when they're doing it to me, I want to tell you, it's major, right? Uh, my body is different. No, but the point is that there are no insignificant parts. First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about this, beginning in verse 14. The Bible says, but the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Uh, verse uh, uh, 16, the Bible says there, uh, for the body, excuse me, all right, I've lost my place here. I'm going to turn it in the Bible. There's a, there's a concept. Open your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 to 16. Verse, verse 16 says this, And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? The, part, the point is, with all of this, that every part of the body is important. Every part of the body has its function. There's none of it that God says has no function or no purpose in being. We're always supposed to be functioning as, according to our call. Uh, the, the apparently insignificant parts of our body, the Bible tells us, have a measure of honor. If we go over to the 12th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, turn over there with me in your Bibles for just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 23 and 24. The Bible says there, those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow the more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have the more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. The honor of the body is to be focused not on the members, but primarily on the Lord Jesus Christ. No part is here to draw attention to itself. Romans chapter 12, turn over there with me if you would please. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, the Bible says there, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then in Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 18, uh, there where we started this morning, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 18, leading into verse 19, where we've been focusing our attention, but verse 18 says this, uh, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Now, we're not going to get into all of that this morning. One of these days we'll dissect that for you. But intruding into those things which you had not seen, but what I wanted to draw your attention to is the last phrase of the verse, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Too many of the times we do what we do in the service of the Lord because we want to get the attention for it. We want to get the honor for it. I want to remind you that ultimately all honor goes to the head that is Jesus Christ. Jesus is honored when his gospel is preached and souls are saved. Jesus is honored when the truth is proclaimed in a dark world. Jesus is honored when his name is exalted amongst his people. And his people obey his word and his instruction. Real quickly, let me close this morning by pointing out to you from Colossians chapter 2, verse 19, uh, the, uh, the, the goal of the body. The goal of the body... Colossians chapter 2 and verse 19, not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. The goal is increase. The goal is increase. Now, don't misunderstand. I, I'm not one of those, never have been, that believes it's all about numbers, although I'll be real honest with you. Sometimes I like to see the house fuller, right? 
I'd like to have a few more warm bodies in here, kind of keeping us company and so forth. But ultimately, that's not primarily what we're talking about. The wording that's used in Colossians is increaseth with the increase of God. In Ephesians, it says maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So the increase we need to understand is God's increase. He, he is the one who brings about the increase. Uh, the way I have it here is that the increase is God's by production. That is, he is the one that causes the increase. Uh, I'm afraid for, for many of our churches today, and quite frankly, sometimes even this one, uh, because we have a tendency to try to bring about the increase on our own. And when we have that, then what we have is a false increase many times, and then folks go out from us because they were not of us, or if they've been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, and so forth, and so on. Uh, we have failures that is done because it's done by the power of man, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, Paul said, and I remind you, I have planted Apollos water, Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So God gives that numerical increase, but he also gives the maturity increase, if I can phrase it that way. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12, the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. The increase is God's. If we do what we're supposed to do, if we function as we're supposed to function, if we begin, first of all, of course, by being born again, becoming children of God, and then plugging in to the place, the body that he has put us in, and function, begin to function the way that we're supposed to, discerning what our gifts are and using them for his glory, then the Bible says that God will cause our, us to produce an increase. And so the increase is God's because he produces it, and then the increase is God's because he gets the yield, right? The increase goes to God. It doesn't go to us. John 15 and verse 5, I am the vine, you the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Verse 80 says, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. So the fruit goes back. To God. It's for his sake. It's for his glory. It's for his exaltation that we seek fruit. We don't seek fruit just so we can walk around and say, hey, you know what? We got the goodest church in town. I know that's bad grammar, right? <laughs> but uh, there, there are many that do that. That's not what we're about. We are the body of Jesus Christ. So we're supposed to find out what, we, what God has designed us to do. We're supposed to plug in for that so that he will give increase. He will give fruit. And that fruit goes back to him. It's his. So the idea here includes both growth to spiritual maturity and reproduction. The next time, Lord willing, I want to talk to you about the keys of eternal life. Uh, just as a continuation of what's a church to do. But for today, let's lay aside the idea that I'm nothing but a ligament. Listen, if God's made you a ligament, be the best ligament that you can be for his glory. Amen? Depend on the power of the Spirit of Christ to make you the best joint out there. Now, I'm not talking about the joint across the street. I'm talking about the joint of the body, that which brings about the movement. All those, whatever it might be. Somebody says, I'm nothing but a blood vessel. Wow. How important can that be? You know? I mean, we don't want to be disgusting about the thing, but honestly, some of the parts of the body are visible, but many more parts of the body are not visible but they're fulfilling their function, they're doing their job so that the head is exalted. And I believe that that's the call of God on our lives. Are you thinking of yourself as nothing but a ligament? May I remind you that ligaments serve a very important function. And then when they stop doing their job, the body itself breaks down. 
Are you doing all that we should be doing to be the body of Jesus Christ? Is the gospel sounding out from us to those that live around us? Is there some part of us that has pulled away from God's divine or ordained organism, the church, and filled that void with other things and activities instead of being what God has called us to be? Listen, folks, I want to I remind you, from the depths of my heart, I believe that the greatest possible function that I can have on this earth is to be a part of the body of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to be that which represents him before the world. If the body depends on you, how well is it? Will you stand with me, please, with your heads bowed? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us here this morning. I thank you for the truths that you've revealed to us in your word. We thank you for helping us to understand these things. And I pray that you'd forgive us for our own frailties and uh, inability sometimes to communicate the things that your word tells us in the way that we should. But we know that you are the Holy Spirit. You lead us into all truth. And I pray that you would do that even now. Lord, if there's anybody here today that doesn't yet know you as Savior, I pray that on the very first verse of the invitation, they will step out of their place and come and let us know that they want to be born again. We may show them in the Word of God how they can be saved. Lord, there are others that need to make make decisions, that need to take steps of obedience. Some need to be baptized. Some are looking for a place where they can unite and be a part of the body that you've placed them in. Lord, I pray that everyone would respond according to your leadership this morning and that all of us would fulfill our function as your body. We pray these things in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Three hundred and thirty-six.